Well, it's kind of interesting the way that siblings do impact our relationship as a mom and daughter. It's not an obvious angle to come to this relationship from. Hello and welcome to Hug and a High Five. It's a mom and daughter podcast journal. I'm Ingrid, I'm the daughter. And I'm Vicky, I'm the mom. I'm trying to figure out how to be an adult. I'm trying to figure out how to parent an adult and live as an adult who is more than a parent. I live in New York City. And I live in Los Angeles. And this is Hug and a High Five. Hello, Mom. Hello, Ingrid. I've been singing everything this week, and Audrey has made quite a bit of fun of me (laughs) when I've (laughs) called her. Because I am eight-ish, nine, eight, nine, days into rehearsal at Busch Gardens, and I'm with musical theater people all the time, and all we do is sing. You have stepped into your career. Woohoo! How exciting. <laughs> and you are still three hours away from me, but you're further south than you were. Williamsburg, Virginia. I'm in Virginia. I also, because of that, am recording outside of my like motel housing for the summer. Wait, wait, wait. You got to make it sound better. You are staying at International Housing. Indeed. International Housing Village. Make it sound glamorous. (laughs) Actually, they changed the name this year. Now it's the Ambassador Housing Village. Aw, international sounds cooler. So I I don't know. Hopefully there aren't like gusts of wind or whatnot. Well, it could never be as loud as last week's train ride. That's right. Thanks for bearing with us, everyone. That's why we made it short. (laughs) It was a little like podcast blog. That's right. Anywho, we're continuing our relationship in another space here. Mm -hmm. And we want to talk a little bit today about siblings. That's right. We both grew up with siblings, different orders of age. Mm -hmm. Um, And if there's ever a thing that really throws a wrench in relationships or just makes them more interesting, I guess, it's siblings. Relationships with siblings. Right. Well, I teach parent education classes, which I allude to here and there, because that's what I get to geek out on in my research every week. And it it really feeds my strength of learning and input. For better and worse. So this week I taught about siblings, the sibling relationship, especially with neurodivergent kids. But it's kind of the same. So the concept is that the sibling relationship is really the longest relationship that you'll have. In your life, because the parents will go away and friends come and come and go. The sibling relationship is the one that should be around the longest. Siblings have such interesting relationships all growing up. And I know that every sibling come like pair or, or group has a different experience. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who don't get along with their siblings at all. Mm-hmm. We, you have specific stories from your siblings. Dad has stories with his sister. Mm-hmm. My sisters and I have a somewhat unique situation of all super loving each other. We're very good friends, Mm -hmm. which isn't always the case. You know, things ebb and flow. But really, that is like 95% because of the way that you and dad raised us. Yeah, I I definitely say it, it makes my heart so happy. One of my happiest parenting experiences is seeing the three of you together or two of you together because you really do enjoy each other and the amount of energy that comes into your life all three of you when you're together is incredible now your sister your youngest sister lives here alone and she at one time called us her chopped livers and she will never live that down because 
we affectionately call ourselves her chopped livers now. But there's just not, we do not have the energy with dear little Audrey. She is 17 and not really little. (laughs) It's just like we get little exclamation points of the energy that she has, but that's it. And then it goes away. Because you're different people and you have very different relationships than we do with her. Yeah. I like to, when I explain it to people, I just say, you know, our parents made us be best friends. And people all the time are like, my mom made me do that. And it's always like, oh, well, okay, you really chose to. Which I guess is true of, of the friendship. It was very clear growing up that we were um, responsible to our sisters first. You used to say that all the time. Mm. You'd say, you know, I'd have friends over and Audrey would want to play and she's six years younger. Mm-hmm. You, Mom, you, you or dad would, would, you know, pull me aside and say, you have a responsibility to your sister first. So, sure, we'll find a time for you to go hang out with your friend by yourself, but you need to include her. I don't care how much younger she is. And how do you feel about that? I mean, at the time, I think there's a lot of like, ugh. Ah, like I can't be myself, <laughs> and and but actually, you know what? Another thing about it is more of my friends really rolling their eyes. Are you kidding me? We really have to be with your little sister, and I can't tell you the thing that I want to tell you about the gossip from whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that I remember that more, and maybe it's just because I'm like thinking about it future now. Mm-hmm. I really, yeah, I don't think that it was uh, that big of a deal just because I knew it was expected of me. There was like no question, you know. I didn't have a choice, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, Daddy and I had our philosophy of siblings. Mm. He had a really strong role model when he was in high school of a friend of his, had a brother, just one brother, and that dad, he would see the boys fight, and, but the dad of that other family would come together and, and make the boys apologize to each other and look at each other and hug each other and give each other a kiss. He was very intentional about physical affection. Wow. Which is crazy for males, especially. Yeah. And at the time, they were in Panama. They lived in Panama. So that was a high value on daddy's part. And then it was a high value on my part because I grew up in the Midwest where Mm. Partly, either partly my family or partly the culture of the Midwest, the silent treatment was kind of the way we operated. And I didn't want that for my kids. I wanted my kids to get along, to talk to each other, to reconcile, to um, not just yeah. be gracious when they're in each other's presence, be interested in each other's lives. Uh, so all of that was really important to me. We, Daddy and I kind of together made the goal, one of our goal, parenting goals, that you would work out your differences and recover and reconcile when you had differences. And so we we spent a lot of time working on that. One of the most clear from the outside ways that you um, facilitated that was by putting us all in the same room. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that was like um, Gilbert and Sullivan, the um, punishment fits the crime. Or, or, <laughs> right. um, yeah. or Parent Trap. Or Parent yeah. Trap. The total pa- Parent Trap yeah. concept. Right. We we live in a little 1920s house 
in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Three bedroom, two bath, and one be- bedroom was always the guest bedroom, which should have its own podcast episode about <laughs> hospitality in the home because that's like a really specific thing that has changed my worldview from growing up. Mm. But um, that meant that there was only two bedrooms left, one for the girls and one for you guys. Mm-hmm. It does help that we were all girls. That's like an easy way to like, keep that as a thing. Yeah. Yeah. All three of us in one room, a bunk bed and a loft. Do you remember what we always said? How we sold it? Everyone else in the world, unless you're in America, lives in all the same room. So you can too. Yay, I'm glad I was successful. <laughs> <laughs> it was the same answer for why we were eating rice and beans once a week. <laughs> Everyone else in the world only eats rice and beans. That's the best food other people eat. Um, I'm such a problem. <laughs> you say I'm such a problem? No, you're yes. not. What? <laughs> Uh, my definitive opinions. Yes, <laughs> that is totally my philosophy. <laughs> my philosophy of children and the rest of, is the rest of the world lives together. You know what? When you live in America, it's probably a good thing to have a little bit of perspective. But you never had that experience, partially because you were the only girl. Well, yeah, I had an older brother and a younger brother, so one of three, but we always had our own rooms. My brothers shared a room for a little bit in one of my houses, Um, but then my mom and dad finished the basement, and then my older brother moved down to the basement. So I had a lot of autonomy, and being the only girl, I played by myself. I played dolls a lot, and then I had friends that would come over when I started to be like a tween, eighth, seventh, eighth grade, and and then I had girlfriends that would come over all the time. Um, I just was a lot more isolated, so it just made us really happy that you guys. I would say you guys have a sleepover every night, a slumber party every night. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, that was important. Now that you are moved away, what is your relationship? You said you still get along with your sisters, but how, how do you can stay connected with your sisters now that you're not living at home? And is it different from what you did in college? Thank goodness for technology nowadays, you know. But we also, part of that is, is personality. The way that we all stay connected mm-hmm. is, is different. Ellen uses Snapchat a lot. So I have Snapchat pretty much only to talk to her. I don't, I don't like Snapchat personally. I, don't, I find it more time-consuming and emotion-consuming than I want. If that's the way Ellen's going to interact with me, I'm more, that's worth it. <laughs> Audrey and I call... What's really nice right now is that Audrey lives in the same house as you. Mm. So when I call the house at night, mm-hmm. she's one of the people I get to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I'll choose to call her one night and then you the next night and then dad the next night, mm-hmm. which is a little bit funny because you're all in the same house. But I just choose the phone that it goes to. It's good. You have more of an independent conversation with that person that answers that phone. And the three of us have a group text. Unlike my parents' house. Because they have a landline. My parents are kind of old-fashioned. And so if you call their phone, they both are on the phone at the same time. But I've been with grandma and grandpa when when someone calls them. And first of all, if you call them on their cell phone, they're going to say, let me recall you on my home phone. And we do that sometimes. Yeah, we do that sometimes. But not all the time. Not every single time you have a conversation. And then they each sit in their two big armchairs with one little table between them. And they each hold their own cell, their own phones. And they listen from two different lines of the same phone. Because it's harder for them to hear. Yeah. But they, you, it's like one where you can like listen in. 
They're listening. They're sitting in two chairs next to each other in the living room, each with their own phone in their ear. They have a cordless phones, and, but they're sitting in the same chair. That's hilarious. I've never seen them do that. I thought they were in different rooms when they talked. No, I did too until I was there for two weeks, and they just <laughs> sitting in the living room. Oh wow, that's funny. Gone are the days with the like the long phone cord. Right. So you have different ways of connecting. Now, is your con- contact more consistent or better now than it was when you were in college? Totally. Well, for different reasons. My relationship with Audrey is different because she's a little older and has a phone of her own now, Mm -hmm. which she didn't at first, if I remember correctly. In college, when you started college, she didn't have a phone, no. So I would like FaceTime you to FaceTime Audrey, Mm -hmm. you know, and then it was like very clearly just FaceTiming. Now um, the three of of us have like a group text all together and that's nice for like kind of everyday matters hmm. a funny thing that happened in the day i thought of this and i want to share with you hmm. and then i'll have longer conversations with them that's cool so the three of you do talk or text come occasionally mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah. very fun means a lot to me our um in my in my parent education class i introduced it the concept of siblings with the song that daddy co-wrote um, using the Bible verses, Ephesians 2.10 and Philippians 2.4, which says, You're God's masterpiece created in Jesus to do good works, which God has planned for you. So do not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of other people. And that is kind of a guiding principle that we had with regard to siblings and parenting and that you have been created for a special work each of you has your own unique special work you are a masterpiece mm-hmm. and i love the philippians 2 4 that says do not look only to your own interests but also to the interests of other people because it validates that you have interests and you can have interests you don't have to deny your interests right 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 but you also need to look out to the interests of your other people do you remember when you were little us saying what is your sister's interest oh totally yeah can you look out for her interests too? Yeah, just even asking if you're if you're aware of it. 100%. Which is interesting now that I think of that because I study all of these um, Dan Siegel, Tina Payne, Bryson books about the whole brain and um, the concept of mindset and taking perspective and empathy are um, executive function skills that develop later in life and they have to be trained and all of that. And that is really what we were doing even though we didn't know about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Do you remember jealousy between you and your brothers growing up? About, like, I don't know, who's getting attention or who wasn't or for negative or positive things? Or not really? Were you kind of all in your own world? Uh, we had such individual interests and lives. I don't remember a lot of jealousy. There was a time when my brothers were older And my dad would go on these, in Minnesota, these 100-mile or bike rides. And I don't even think it occurred to my dad to invite me. Which, later in life, when I was in college... Gender stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah, when I was in college... I didn't know, just after college, just after college, I uh, ran my first marathon. I then ran a second marathon. I did 
the Los Angeles Marathon bike tours several times. And several times I did them with my dad. And my dad and I would, would go on long bike rides because I lived at home for a while after college. And we would go on long bike rides on Saturday afternoons or something. <laughs> so I, you know, I kind of got over it. But I think back about that now and I was like, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, we did have a lot of a lot more gender stereotypes where my, my dad would tell my brothers all about mechanics in the car and expect them to do the paper route and the lawn mowing and things like that, where we, with you guys, didn't have that opportunity. But that's kind of a gift because then you all got to know things equally. Right, right. Although in our family, <laughs> we didn't do the lawn mowing or mechanics. <laughs> so... <laughs> we all learned all the musical instruments equally. <laughs> exactly. That's that's interesting. It, that I didn't expect gender stereotypes to come up, but that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Because the beginning of that verse, you know, what you just mentioned, your God's masterpiece, and you each have specific things you've been created for that you have gifts in. Ellen and I have had a very hard time with that throughout our lives. Feeling jealous of each other? Yeah. Where are my gifts? Where are you gifts? Are your gifts? Who's getting the credit for what? And you talked about that? You've talked about that since then? Yeah, yeah. We've we've definitely, we've, we have a full understanding of this. I had never explained it in that way before, Um, but we we are only two years apart. Yeah. And we do have like almost opposite giftings and personalities. Yeah. And so a lot of our relationship was, was tried and has now then grown from those those types of situations being like a little too close for comfort and not getting along because the whole like what are your interests type of thing for a myriad of reasons in my own personality it became very easy for me to ignore my interests Mm. for the sake of immediate harmony in the family it's fine i'll be fine whatever i kind of wanted to do it but it's fine or whatever you know and then past that you know what I do kind of want to do this but that means everyone else will have to move their schedule and that's ridiculous so I just won't even ask Mm. happened a lot Ellen looks at something and pretty quickly like finds her emotion finds her opinion and wants to act on it and is passionate about it Mm -hmm. and so she will and it doesn't bother her so much that other people may have to move around their schedules because she's like I'm a human too and I'm passionate about this and she like can kind of like bowl head through it Hmm. so you know in the extremes of both things those are not great things but it came into a lot of we had so many like deep arguments about it because the trouble is that although neither of those things are really healthy in their extremes mine looks healthier it looks like I'm the sweet girl that doesn't ask for a lot and is really easy as a, as a child. And it looks like mm-hmm. Ellen is, you know, frustrating and, and obstinate. Mm-hmm. And Ellen would look at me and say, you told me all week you wanted to do this. And then you didn't have the guts to bring it up. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. And also, I've brought up my thing and now I'm getting clobbered for it because I'm obstinate and Everyone has to change everything for me, and I just got in trouble, and you wanted to do this all week, and you didn't say it, and now you're not in trouble. Like, can you, what? And we'd get so mad at each other because we'd go in circles. Wow. About it. Like, yelling fights when, I don't know, you must have been out grocery shopping. I don't know where you were. I was going to say, um, I'm sorry to say that I think I'm oblivious to that. <laughs> well, obviously. We, were, we made sure you were oblivious to it. Oh, Yes. 
<laughs> by design, I guess. How sad. Yeah. Or how good, how healthy. Um, I, I had, I heard someone say once that children like innate, like innately, uh, want to shield their parents or protect their parents, mm-hmm. which is an interesting concept, but is actually very true. And that's one of those things. Well, it also speaks to the concept, which I just learned in my developmental psychology class, that kids want autonomy as young as age three. Like, who knows that? Hmm. Nobody knows. Right. <laughs> Nobody pays attention. You think I'm like, oh, yeah, you're 17. You want autonomy. Right, right, right. Um, No, you actually want autonomy at age three. So that's so interesting to think about. Like, where do you get autonomy? And the whole concept about you not saying what you want and Ellen saying what you want is really interesting because if we were to ask you just about your communication, we would say that you answered first if we were in a group group setting. We've talked about that. You were always answered first. Because I knew that's what was expected of me. And then that sometimes made Daddy and I upset and we actually talked to you and said keep your mouth shut let one of Mm -hmm. your sisters especially ellen answer first because she will be more pensive and thinking about her answer before she gives it right because in all aspects i just didn't want to rock the boat Mm. if it was going to rock the boat for me to ask for something i wasn't going to ask and if it was going to rock the boat for me to not answer you I, I was going to answer you. Mm-hmm. And I, the, the thing is, like, now and when I'm out, out of it a little bit, I have such compassion for both types of people. Like, and, and Ellen and I laugh about it a little bit now, but only a little bit because we still look at each other and she's like, are you kidding me? Stand up for yourself. <laughs> and I'm like, chill, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my relationship with Ellen informed a lot of the way that I thought about you as my mom and in, in like a funny kind of triangle because of that because it made me from a young age sort of aware of not I guess like full manipulation but the way that interactions change hmm. the outcomes of situations and and like knowing from a young age that I could easily be a doormat and kind of being okay with it but also knowing that that was a thing because of Ellen's opposite personality and that kind of foil for me. And then this Christmas when I came home mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, I want to go visit my friend and do these three things. And then you guys had to change your plans for the day mm-hmm. and you were all gracious about it and just working it out. And I sat in the over- the other room sincerely stressed out because I was making everyone else change their plans and I felt like I was being such a nuisance. And I had to like constantly remind myself that I... I'm worth that. I'm home for three days. It's okay to ask for something. Mm. Ah, it was so hard, which I don't think would have been hard for Ellen. No. It's so interesting because it really speaks to your strengths. And then that's like, is that nature or emergence? Like, did you cultivate that? So harmony became your strength. Right. And Ellen, one of her strengths is activator. So is... Right. You know, is that was that cultivated? How does how does that work? I don't understand how it works, but um, I'm glad that you are learning how to speak up for yourself. And it works the other way because Ellen will call me and you know, like be like all in a tizzy, and I get to talk it through with her and and help her prioritize what to ask for. You know, <laughs> say actually that would probably be okay to let go, mm. which again just speaks to the fact that you guys made us sit down all the time, no matter how many fights we had, mm-hmm. and say you're responsible to your sisters first yeah we'll work this out here because you have to keep talking to each other what was that like for you because a lot of times when people say to their children 
say I'm sorry. And they were like, I'm sorry. And it's totally fake. <laughs> and then in the parent education now, I would not recommend, you know, don't force a sorry out of a child because it's insincere. Right. But there's something to recovering. And one of the uh, philosophies that we speak about at my parent education program is healthy families aren't perfect families because perfect families don't exist, but healthy families recover well. I would say there's something to maybe not saying I'm sorry in the moment because it's insincere mm-hmm. but coming around to it and coming around to a point of reconciliation and coming around to recovery a lot of that was uh modeled in you and dad in asking for forgiveness mm. and a lot of that maybe you didn't have all of the like research wording that you've just read about but you definitely had in yourself mm-hmm. the the awareness and sort of strong conviction that saying sorry flippantly wasn't enough Mm -hmm. because I remember telling my friends probably a little bit too self-righteously growing up (laughs) um that there's a difference between sorry and I forgive you will you forgive me yeah (laughs) well yes will you forgive me yeah I was pretty strong about that because I do remember you 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 were pretty clear about asking it in a question you're not throwing a sorry out Mm. you're asking a question with the open hand will you forgive me and waiting for a response well, that's, yeah, that is a huge difference because you're taking a lot more ownership of your own behavior than... And a lot more humility. Like, it really takes, like, waiting there. Yeah. And it's kind of in their hands. Yeah. And I, there were definitely times we'd be like, no, I don't forgive you. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, we're going to circle back in five minutes. Well, yeah. And try it again. <laughs> Although I only learned that phrase, circle back, recently in the past year or so. <laughs> you wouldn't have said circle back, but you would have said... Okay, let's talk through that a little more. Or, you know, like, it's okay to, to have those feelings, but mm-hmm. don't let the sun go down your anger. Like, take a little more time. Yeah. And then come back. You always made us come back. I'm glad that Dad and I modeled that because I know that we've gotten some knockout, drag out fights in our life, but we do reconcile and <laughs> uh, we do reconcile and, and come back to it. So I'm glad we modeled that to you guys and that you guys learned that. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever get in big fights like that with Audrey? Or was she too far, too much younger? She's a little bit too far, too, a little bit too much younger. There were lots of fights between Ellen and Audrey that I got to watch. Mm. But not do any big ones with I, that, that I can remember. Maybe. It's, it's something makes me, in me, feels that if I asked Audrey, she'd be like, yeah, this time. I'd <laughs> be like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> she would remember it. My parent observation is that Audrey is one of the few people I see that can stand up to Ellen. True. Head to head, toe to toe, head to head in an argument and be as every bit uh, strong in her reasoning and rational judgment right. <laughs> as uh, each other. That's totally true. Because um, I don't have like the the critical thinking quite that fast to like whip out facts to back things. Mm -hmm. I just bow out and Audrey's like, I got you. (laughs) Let's do this. Mm -hmm. They have kind of sometimes different motivations. I think for what they, if you're thinking, especially if you think of them as in their Enneagram number and whatnot, um, slightly different motivations, but uh, they, they are able to go toe to toe with their, viewpoints Mm -hmm. but what's beautiful is for me seeing them 
get along they love each other and the laughter that they have together is just is such a joy to my heart it's pretty unparalleled it's so beautiful so it's like so full and hearty and it's so full and hearty that in a split second it becomes anger yeah (laughs) and I used to sit there the three of us in our room and look at them roughhousing and say hey guys in five minutes you're going to be pushing each other and they'd be like ha ha Hey guys, in about three minutes, you're about to get too crazy and someone's going to get hurt. You would say that? Four minutes later. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they get hurt. And I'd be like, see? That, that is the definition of harmony from all my strengths finder. The, is the, the harmony strengths person is the person that can see, anticipate a problem happening <laughs> and say, say something. Literally all the time. When the three of us, what's funny is I, from my remem- memory, when the three of us were in the same, like Rahas and all three of us, they would respect mm-hmm. my request to like hold off, but they would keep roughhousing with each other because they'd be mm-hmm. like the three of us going crazy. And I'd be like, you guys, you guys, it's about to get too crazy. If, if you tickle me one more time, I'm literally just going to strike you mm-hmm. like without mm-hmm. meaning to. And they'd be like, okay, sorry. Which is kind of cool. Like they would like give you my space and I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. hurt them, but they might hurt each other. Hmm. Is there ever times when you like needed to give each other your space and or you were so mad at each other you couldn't talk to each other for a while or Ellen and Audrey definitely gave each other the silent treatment. Mm. It wasn't vindictive like silent treatment. It wasn't like I'm not talking to you. It was like you're so fuming mad, I am not going to get in your way. Which is kind of how we feel when you're really mad too. <laughs> I think it's like a daughter mom thing. <laughs> mom's really mad i'm just gonna go to the other room and clean (laughs) and that's definitely true when the rest of us are mad too yeah i don't typically get as mad anymore and i wonder if it's because there's less people in the house dad reflected the just the other day he's like can you imagine this house with five people in it all the time like three daughters bopping around and in high school he's like this house must have been so busy and crowded and it's so funny <laughs> because it's, it's fairly quiet now, <laughs> our house, because Audrey's personality is, you know, she does her, her own thing in her room and she's, she's quiet. She just like lives in her own little room. Yeah. I'm sure your factors of anger had a lot to do with not enough sleep and not enough food, you know, because you were and like schlepping three girls, like living four lives at once. The 24-7-ness of parenting, yeah. yeah, is what can get it. But I've also just done a lot of personal work on right um, returning to joy, the whole concept of returning to joy and recovering and letting go of things. And so, yay. I'm so glad people can grow even when they're old. Growing never stops. <laughs> growing never stops. Well, it's kind of interesting the way that siblings do impact our relationship as a mom and daughter it's not an obvious angle to come to this relationship from Mm -hmm. i i think i i mean i definitely learned things tonight like thinking through talking through the way that ellen and i interact and obviously like you nurtured us and then we reflected back on you and it's definitely Mm -hmm. i mean a family is a cycle we're all figuring it out i'm glad we can figure it out together i'm sure that'll continue to be the case well have a good night ingrid back there in virginia thank you Yay, I got my first day off after eight days of 14-hour day rehearsals. All right. I'm very excited to just not speak for a while. Oh, good. 
vocal rest. Well, that's a good thing. But I'm also really glad that I got to talk to you tonight. And I am coming to see you soon. Yeah. Next week. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to you later. All right. Love you, Mom. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hug and a High Five. Yep. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to suggest a topic, ask us a question, or share your mom-daughter story, please email us at podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. All words, Hug and a High Five Podcast at gmail.com. Have a great week.